Tonight, I'd like to share about contending for God's plans and purposes for your life. Contending for God's plans and purposes in your life. Because, uh, and I'm not, I'm not being foundation verse, yeah, I'm taking this from the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 30. The book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Okay, like I said, uh, we are to contend. And when you talk about contending, that means to fight for something. To engage in a contest, okay? To engage in a struggle. Now, I've heard people say, now, you know what? If this is really what God has planned for me, if these are really the purposes of God in my life and I don't have to do anything, it will come to pass. So just yet, if God was the one who did it, if God is the one who said it, if God is the one who decreed it, then whether I do something or not, it will come to pass. Or maybe someone might have heard a prophecy, a prophetic utterance. It could be a personal prophetic utterance by the Savior, or it could be a prophetic utterance given to the entire church. Something like, this is the year of acceleration. This is the year of breakthroughs. This is the year of the suddenness. Okay? Now you can have the attitude of, well, if that's really God, then it will come to pass no matter what. Okay? Now, I understand where you are coming from. But you need to understand that God coordinates with us. Okay? Here in this particular passage of Scripture, what were the circumstances here? These were the people, you know, uh, uh, these were the Israelites, they escaped from Egypt. Or rather, God delivered them from Egypt. Okay? Now, understand who they were. They were slaves in Egypt. They were not trained as warriors. They were not trained as administrators. They were not trained as people of knowledge. But they were Kept as slaves. That's all they know to do to make backbreaking work. But God said, I'm preparing land for you. I've given you land. As a matter of fact, it says in chapter 13, verse 1 and 2 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. Now think of the instructions of Moses. Go to that land and spy it out. Look at the land that I am giving to you. Think of what God says. I am giving the land to you. Right? So they were not going to go over and take possession of a land of God has not given to them. God never said, okay guys, you go there. 
If you are able to get it, then that's a time I'll give it to you. If you're not able to get it, then I'm not giving it to you. So God said very clearly, I am giving this land to you. Question, was it the will of God for them to stay in that land? Huh? When God's word is very clear on the matter, that's God's will. God will not say something and mean something else. Okay? God will not say, I'm giving that to you, and then later on he will No, actually, I just said that. Okay? Just so that you'll follow my advice. But actually, it was never my intention. No. God says what he means. And so when he says, I'm giving that land to you, it is very clear that it was the will of God for them to take possession of the land. And he said, I want you to take leaders there and spy out the land, see the, the land that uh, I am giving to you. Look at what I'm describing to you. It's not exactly what I told you about. And so they went to the land. They took some leaders, they took some people, they went there, and they spied out the land. It was everything God said it was. The fruit, uh, the, the, the produce of the land, it, it was very fertile, it was very rich. But there was one problem. There were what? Giants in the land. Okay? These were not just all men. These were giants. Somehow they're descendants of the Nephilim. Okay? When fallen angels, anyway, cohabitated with women and produce uh, anomalies. These were real giants and they had extraordinary abilities. You know from them, now you would think, some people would think like this, if God really gave them that land, he should have cleared the land of all the giants. What kind of a gift giver is our God? You understand what I'm saying? Some people would like to impose their terms, their understanding of what a gift should be. They would, they would say, you know, if God really gave that land to them, then God would have cleared the land of the giants. They would have to fight for it. They would have to struggle for it. They would have to engage in combat for it. I mean, God really gave it to them. So maybe it wasn't really the will of God for them to have the land. Not yet, because the giants are still there. Israel could have said, you know what? That land is ours. God gave it to us. But maybe it's not yet time for us to possess the land because the giants are still there. Let's wait for all the giants to die. Let's wait for God to clear the giants. Then we can go get the land. Sometimes the presence of problems does not mean God doesn't want you to have something. Okay? One of the things that you need to understand while we are living on the earth, Synagogue St. Paul Satan's book of Ephesians, that there is an unseen world. The world is, right now we can see each other. But there are beings in this room that you do not see. There are angels in this room. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
I mean, these are the armies of heaven sent to guard us. You look at the skies, there are armies out there sent to defend us. Okay? You look a little further, there are demons out there trying to hinder us from achieving what God wants us to do. We know the story of Daniel when he prayed for 21 days. He prayed for an answer concerning the problem that he was facing. After 21 days, the angel of the Lord, uh, Gabriel, came and said, Daniel, on the first day that you prayed, your prayer was heard. Okay? On the first day that you prayed, your prayer was heard. On the first day that you prayed and when your prayer was heard, I was sent on the first day. Okay, you decide to know If the angel Gabriel was sent in answer to Daniel's prayer on the first day, how come he was able to reach Daniel on the 21st day? Are you, are you getting me? Is, is there, was he very slow? Did, did the angel Gabriel take detours? On the way to the earth, did he go to one side, selfie, then go to the other side, selfie? Why did it take him 21 days? The prayer of Daniel was heard the first day. The angel of God was sent to Daniel on the first day. But the angel reached Daniel on the 21st day. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know, Daddy. Did the angel take picnics? Did he take his time? Did he take a snack somewhere? I'm not really in a hurry to do this. There's something that you need to understand about angels. If God gives them a command to do something, they will. They will not waste time. Okay? And he says, I was sent on the first day, but I was only able to reach you because the guardian or the fallen spirit, the fallen angel in charge over Persia tried to stop me. You understand what I'm saying? So there was a struggle in the realm of the spirit. I was trying to get to you, but he was trying to stop me. But your constant prayer, God sent Michael, the archangel, to help me. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the reason I'm here <coughs> on the 21st day. <coughs> now, the, the good news about this is this. That is in the Old Testament. We are living in the New Testament. The blood of Jesus has been given unto us and that has opened up many ways for us. You understand what I'm saying? We are dealing with a beaten foe. Satan is a defeated foe. You have to understand that. But even though he's defeated, it doesn't mean he has stopped struggling. It's not like someone who would say, well, you know what, what's the point? What's the news? I'm not alone. All of my, all of my efforts are just wasted because I, I've lost. No, he, he hasn't given up. You understand what I'm saying? He's always struggling. He's always uh, trying to discourage us. 
He understands one thing. God has chosen to work together with us. He wants to use the power of our words. He wants to use the power of our belief. If he can make us believe what he wants us to believe, then that will give that power over you. Okay. One of the things that I learned when we went to Disneyland and Universal Studios is the power of imagination. Okay? Uh, you know, we, we, we rode a certain, it looks like a scooter, a motorcycle without wheels. All it does, okay, I, I, was, I was seated there, all right? And then there were braces that were placed on my back and on my foot, putting shutting me into place. Okay, so I can't move. And all it does is this: it tilts to the right, it tilts to the left, it tilts a little bit downward, it tilts up. I mean, if that's all it does, it's very boring. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, what kind of a ride is this? Why would we pay $100 to get into this place just so that we can get this right? I mean, we stayed in line for like two hours just to ride that thing, it's only five minutes. I mean, what's so exciting about going, going? I mean, nothing, right? It's not exciting at all. But the thing is, room gets dark and everything is sensed around. Okay? You get the feeling that you get the feeling you're diving. And when you look if you're looking at the screen, you see, it's not a small TV. Imagine this. A big screen. That's not what I'm saying. And so when you go up like that, what you're seeing is you're floating in the air. And so when this thing tilts down like that, what you see, it's suddenly diving. Okay? And when it tilts to the left, you see yourself diving like that. And then you see stones and... I mean, I, my, my stomach was rolling around. My stomach was threatening to separate from me. Okay? Now, how do I stop the sensation? Let me talk. If you close your eyes, you don't see it. And if you don't see it, you don't feel the dives, the up. Were you really diving? No. Were you really flying? No. Were you really going to crash on something? Not really. But because that's what you believe, your body was reacting. Okay? If it made you believe that you're really diving or you're flying, your body reacts to it. But if you shut your eyes and don't look at it, all you feel is long, long, long. So what did I do? Did I shut my eyes for long? Sabi ko, sayang naman. Okay, nakasindi ko. I might as well open my eyes and enjoy the excitement. You understand what I'm saying? And after, after that, it's only five minutes, you uh, stand up, you're a little bit... Ba't ka naman nahihihin? Hindi ka You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it goes like this, and then you get the sensation that you're going around. 
And you're really not, you're just watching it on the screen. Okay? Coordinated shape. Coordinated shape. You might be this little, might be this little. And so you think that what you're watching is really happening. And because you, you think it's really happening, your body is reacting. You understand what I'm saying? I'm thinking, and you know, while I was doing that, see, I was, my, my stomach's doing this and that, but at the same time, I was receiving a revelation. I think this is how deception works. Because this is deception. It makes you feel like you're flying, you're not. It makes you feel you're crashing, you're not. Okay? You're just watching it happening before you. And most of the rights are like that. You understand what I'm saying? If they can make you believe that it's really happening, you begin to react. If Satan makes you believe that your prayers are not being heard, if Satan is able to make you believe that what he's doing against you is greater than what God is doing against you, he is able to tap into the power of your faith, but instead of your faith being directed to God, your faith is directed to him. Your faith becomes fear. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? So now, uh, going back to the story, they go there. The spies will give instructions, just describe what you see. Okay? Don't come into any conclusion whether you can take it or not. Very clear. The instruction from the Lord says, just describe to them what you see. But then when they came back, they said, yes, we saw. We saw the big produce. We see, we, we saw the fertility of the land. It is a rich land. But we also saw giants in the land. In other words, the land was so rich, it was able to sustain giants. Okay? I mean, if you eat one meal a day, a giant probably needs more than what you're eating. Okay? How many of you have ever eaten ribs? A giant probably needs three cows. You understand what I'm saying? I can't even finish one rib. That might be enough. Giant probably needs three. Okay? If you're going to eat fruit, maybe you can you finish one basket of fruit in one sitting? Not really. A giant probably needs five bushels of fruit. And that's just one giant. There's a lot of giants in the land. Okay? So the land must be really rich in order to sustain giants. And they did what they were not supposed to do. They were only supposed to describe what they saw. But now they added their opinion. We can't take the land. Okay? What they saw made them believe that circumstances were greater than the promises of God. You understand what I'm saying? They're bigger than us. I mean, they eat more than us. They probably can eat us. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of putting their eyes on the bigness of their God, they saw the giants bigger than their God. 
because they saw the giants, they didn't see themselves with God. And he said, they said, we look like grasshoppers compared to them. Okay? In their sight, we look like grasshoppers. But then they said, in our sight, we also look like grasshoppers. Instead of seeing themselves the way God saw them, God saw them as a brave tribe. God saw them as a mighty nation. But instead of seeing that, they saw the giants greater than them. They believed what they saw. They believed what the enemy wanted them to see. You understand what I'm saying? And they said, we cannot take the land. Because they said that, eventually they were not able to, you know, when, when they crossed, when they, when they crossed the Red Sea and they were going to the promised land, it should have just taken them less than a week to get there. But we know that we went around, they went around the wilderness for 40 years. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? That was God's plan for them. That was God's will for them. That was God's purpose for them, for them to get into that land, till that land, you know, make homes. And that was what God wanted for them right then, at that moment. But they were not able to enter into that land. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so now, Caleb quieted the people. Because now they were talking. They were saying something that God never said. God said, that land is yours. You can take it. They were saying, why would God give us something like that? Why are there giants there that God wants to die? Okay? Caleb quieted the people and said, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. Right now, let's not diligently, let's not wait. Right now, let's go and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. In other words, even though he saw the giants, he was still looking at God. I don't care if they're big, our God is bigger. I don't care if they look scary. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. There's no one higher. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Okay? Caleb saw things differently from God's point of view. They saw things from the giant's point of view. Caleb saw things from God's point of view. And because he saw things from God's point of view, he says, I don't care if they're giants. I don't care if they're bigger than us. Our God is bigger. We can take them. You understand what I'm saying? There is that. We have, he says, let us take possession of the land. Only Caleb and Joshua we're talking this way. But the people wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. Okay? And so God said to them, because you said you cannot take the land, your generation will die in the wilderness. Not one of you will enter into the land, into the promised land. I said you can, you said you can. Because you said you can, you said something I never said. None of your generation will enter the promised land. Only Caleb, only Joshua. They're the only ones who dare believe. 
It took 40 years for the first generation to die. Some people said, you know, maybe it wasn't the will of God for the first generation to enter into that land. That's not true. It was God's will. But they chose to believe another God instead of him. You understand what I'm saying? We are living in an age of multimedia where we are bombarded by images, thoughts, and impressions. Be very careful what you're seeing. Because there's only one true impression, there's only one true image, there's only one true word, there's only one true message, and that is God and His Word. Amen? See, they have to contend. Caleb understood. That's our land. Those giants don't belong there. God didn't give it to them. We've got to drive them out. It's ours, and let's fight for it. We can do it. Amen? Now, in... Uh, in, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 32, I'm just trying to show you the, the principle. Genesis chapter 32, verse 22 to 31. This is an amazing story. Uh, Genesis chapter 32, verse 22 to 31. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, his eleven sons and crossed over to the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket uh, of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, my friend. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped away. Okay? This is an amazing story. Some people say that this was an angel. Or one of the appearances of God. Now let me ask you this. Can a man be stronger than an angel of God? There is no man that is stronger than an angel of God. There is no man that is stronger than God. Okay? I mean, uh, one time when Israel was being attacked by so many nations, and is it Jehoshaphat or Hezekiah? I, I forget now which king. They called out to God. God sent a single angel. A single angel killed how many? 149,000 149, men. 149, men. One angel. Okay? There, 
and I'm not saying that this is a physical blessing. But there is something about God that you have to seek what He wants for you. You must want it bad enough. You must not allow uh, circumstances to dissuade you or discourage you or distract you. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, think about this. He was resting with his angel. The Bible says he just touched the, the hip of, of uh, uh, the socket of Jacob and it was dislocated. Just a touch. I mean, Jiu-Jitsu doesn't do this. Okay? Just a touch and it was dislocated. Jacob could have let go. That must have been a painful thing. Jacob could have let go. But Jacob made up his mind, I am not going to let you go until you bless me. Do you really, really have to fight for the blessing of God? God is someone who already wants to bless you. Okay? But what God is saying here is this. When you are waiting for that which you are believing for, don't give up. Don't quit. I remember when we tried sharing the faith goals uh, principles to you. The first time we did it, everyone gave faith goals. For the first five years, everyone was giving faith goals. On the six years, some were giving, some were not. They've given up because they probably thought it was magic. You get it, put it under the other tenor. I've often told you that when you give a faith goal, you have to thank God for it every day. And if it doesn't come to pass that year, write it again. Write it again. One of our faith goals came to pass this year. It's been 20 years in the faith goals. Carry over. Didn't come to pass this year, write it down the next year. Didn't come to pass, write it down the next year. You, you understand what I'm saying? I don't know why, uh, you know, why God doesn't just answer prayers like that. I wish he made prayer to be like that, but he didn't. And he's teaching us the principles. Okay? And he, in the story of Jacob here, he says, I will not let go until you bless me. I mean, how could he win against an angel? I believe. God give the special grace when we come to Him and seek Him out when we engage. It's not that He beat the angel. God allowed Him to journey. God allowed Him to hold on. Second uh, Timothy chapter two verse one says, "Be strong in the grace that is found in Jesus Christ." See, when you are believing God for something, you're believing God for God's plan. If you receive a prophecy, sometimes we think it's going to happen next week or tomorrow. Sometimes it happens like that. But sometimes it might take a long time. Hold on. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes before it happens, problems come. Complications come. Like my closure, we didn't expect those problems, but they came. And we could have complained because it's just too hard, it's just too difficult, it's just too things like that. But I believe God wants us to engage. You understand what I'm saying? 
And now we're here in the cloud of the installation. That's as much a blessing for, for, for you as for me. Okay? Kasama tayo na ito. Guess what? The enemy is trying to complicate your life. Get you angry against your brother or your sister. See, if you're angry, you hold a grudge there. Sorry, faith gets short-circuited. Get you bogged down in many kinds of problems so that, you know, it's no longer a joy for you to serve the Lord because, you know, this thing is this and this thing is that. Get your eyes off what God is wanting to do. That's the battle. And the battle, and the Lord is telling us, don't let go. Hold on. If Jacob can do it with a dislocated hip, how much more should we be able to do it with the grace that we have in Christ Jesus? Okay? And uh, are you learning something from this? Okay? Uh, running out of time. In first, first Timothy chapter 1, I'm jumping on some of the scriptures here. First Timothy chapter one. First, <clears throat> First Timothy chapter one, verse eighteen. This charge I commit, commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So what was happening here? Timothy was serving at the time where Rome was persecuting the church. Okay? Uh, the Roman soldiers were ransacking the houses of the Christians. They were driving certain Christians to jail. Some of the leadership in the church that Timothy was pastoring were abandoning him. You understand what I'm saying? And St. Paul, who discipled Timothy did not say to Timothy, you know what, Timothy, if you give up, I understand. You know what, Timothy, you're still young, you know. I understand if you can't fight. If you want to scram, scram. If you want to be me, you know, I understand. That's not what he said. Timothy, prophecies were made for you. You have to fight for them, for them to compromise. The devil is trying to steal it from you. He's trying to make you afraid. He's trying to make you give up. He's trying to make you walk away from your calling. Don't do it. Wage the good warfare with these prophecies given to you. You understand what I'm saying? And then in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says here, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What's a good fight? A good fight is a fight that's already won. You understand what I'm saying? It's already won. But there's still a fight left. Okay? It's not just going to fall into your lap. You've got to engage. You've got to run the race. You've got to engage the opposition. 
and you've got to use what God has given you. You've got to wear the armor of God. You've got to use the sword of the Spirit. Okay? You've got to confess His Word. Okay? You've got to pray. You've got to worship. You've got to do what James says, what rejoice, how it is joy when you fall into various trials. I mean, when trials come and things become complicated, it's so easy to complain. It's so easy to give up. It's so easy to walk away. It's so easy to say the negative words. And Satan is waiting for your words. Do you know that one of his names is the accuser of the brethren? Okay? There must be a court somewhere where he accuses you. Guess whose words he is using? I don't want him to enter his inheritance. He doesn't believe you, God. And I quote, these are the very words he said. It's hard. It's not worth it. He said that. I demand the mantle you want for him. I will put it in my trophy room. I demand his calling taken away from him. I will put it in my trophy room. Have you been praying for a loved one? Sometimes it takes a long time, right? And after a while you get to say, I know, I don't think it's not to me. I know, I'm great. Guess what? That is recorded in the prosecutor's book. And when he appears before the judge, he says, uh, I want that kid. Even his own mother said this about him. Do you know what happens when we begin to accuse each other? Do you know what happens when we begin to criticize each other? Do you know what happens when we begin to say unkind words against each other? We give in fuel, the accuser of the brethren. You know what his own friend says? You know what this church says about him? He's called the accuser of the brethren. So don't give him fuel. Don't give him your negative words. Don't give him your angry words. Don't give him the words of frustration. Don't give him your judgmental words. Don't give him fuel or bullets to use against us or against your, your loved ones or against your brother and sister in the Lord. Because that's one of the ways he hinders the call of God in your life. Hello. Okay. Remember, Jesus Christ says, be careful of your words. Because by then we will be judged. You understand what I'm saying? Hello. We need to understand that, church. When you're engaging a good fight of faith, remember to always make sure you are in a situation where not, the enemy can't hold anything against it. If you did something wrong, if you said something wrong, the only way to erase that from the enemy's uh, playbook is to come to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Sorry, Lord, I didn't obey you. I'm sorry, Lord, I wasn't kind to my brother. I'm sorry, forgive me. Watch me gain by the blood of Jesus. You say that, that's no longer the playbook of the devil. 
It's erased from him. Okay? Speak the words of God. Say what he said. Okay? I mean, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So what are you saying? Things that will bring death to your body? Or things that will bring life to your body? Things that will bring death to your dreams? Or things that will bring life to your dreams? That's what he said. Job said, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. I decree the favor of God is upon us. I decree that the favor of God covers all of us. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just saying what God is saying. I mean, this is what the Bible is saying. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 to 3, we have no time to go there, we'll read that later. He says, write the vision, make it plain, so that the one who reads it can run with it. How do you run with it? You keep your eyes on what God has given to you. Don't allow the enemy to distract you. Don't allow the enemy to make you believe it's impossible. Don't believe the images he puts in front of you, but believe only the promises of God. And you have to run with it. He says, it might tarry. It might not come to pass according to your schedule. But if I'm the one who gave it to you, it will come to pass. But you must run with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do I believe that it was God's will for Samson to become blind and die? No. But he fooled around while he was uh, while he was there. He took things for granted and he became blind. It's a good thing God gave him another child, but he was blind. You understand what I'm saying? See, that's the reason why some people never get their breakthroughs. Some people never get their summonings. Some people never get what God has prophesied. They have this attitude. Well, God said it's quite complex whether I say something or not, whether I pray about it or not, whether I agree with it or not. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. The Word of God tells us you must seek the Lord. You must. You must say what He says. And there are times it's a struggle to say what God says. It's hard to say, I decree I'm healed by the strike of Jesus when you're talking. When you're feeling a fever there. I decree that my stomach is stable, firm, solid, strong, and you are, you're looking for a bathroom. You understand what I'm saying? You say what God says, not what the circumstances say. It's easy to say what God says when everything's okay. It's not easy to say what God says when everything is not okay. It's, it's easy to say God supplies all my needs according to his virtues and glory when you have no needs. It's not easy to say God supplies my every need according to his virtues and glory when you're looking, you've got to pay for that thing, and then Advent is coming, and then we have these things coming, and all of these things are coming, and we don't just need a few thousands, we need hundreds of thousands. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God, why don't you just give it? I wish that's the way he did it. 
But no, we have to stand with you. We have to stand in faith. Contend for the prophecies in your life. Contend for the plans of God for your life. Contend for the purposes of God in your life. Fight the good fight. Amen. I'm going to